It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a quieter but important Saturday in Scottish football. Hibs Ross County and Livy Hamilton both could have a huge say at the bottom, the race for third and the top six. Hearts are looking to stretch their lead at the top of the championship, which is a couple of new managers on show. No game for Celtic or Rangers. Will they be allowed to meet each other next weekend? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. Well, the fans had better stay away from Celtic Park a week tomorrow and heed the government, the police and the football authorities because if they don't, the consequences for the game in general in this country could be horrendous. Ladies and gentlemen, stop and have a think about it. Lots to think about today. A win for Ross County at Hibs expense would put the Ackies in trouble at the foot of the table. Then again, a win for the Ackies at Livy could put Ross County in trouble. It's a cliffhanger. Bring it on. Yeah, looking forward to today And it's all mainly about the bottom of the table Hamilton away at Livingston Neil fancied her chances of getting something As Livy's form of recent weeks has been horrendous They're in real danger of dropping out the top six Ross County against Hibs Well, you never know what you're getting from Hibs these days You thought they were shooing to, to finish third place But they've hit the stumbling blocks in the last few weeks And Ross County and John Hughes Oh, fancy nicking something there And Hearts in the Championship Looking to get back to winning ways and to wrap this up as quick as you can and get back to the Premiership. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend, Gordon. Ross County Hibs is a standout game for me this weekend. Uh, you know, Ross County gone well under John Hughes. Some big games done. Do you have to get some wins under the belt to try and get into the playoff positions? Hearts have cantered it. And we've got Dunfermline and Morton. Morton going quite well at the moment. Yeah, just a couple of games in the Premiership. We've got Championship fixtures. And of course, a week today, we will be delighted to welcome back Leagues 1 and 2 as we start getting a bit more of normality. Back in our Saturday afternoons Is of course a year a year ago this weekend Our football life changed When we woke up with the prospect of Not being able to go to the football anymore uh, What a quick and strange year it has been But we do have some football today We'll keep you up to speed on everything that's happening across the games And then of course at 5 o'clock Your chance to have your say on the open line It's been a busy old week off the field as usual Lots of controversy surrounding Scottish football On the field Big European performance for Rangers That Alan McGregor save People wow. are still talking about it A couple of days on uh, So whatever you've got for us You can tweet us All afternoon At Clyde SSB And at 5 o'clock Your chance to get involved On the phone So that's Hugh Keevans Alex Ray and Mark Wilson I say in the studio You're still locked away Hugh Keevans We're keeping you safe The lockdown here Is growing Listen <laughs> Day by day That was the last time I had a haircut a year ago uh, But I will hang in there Until the barbers Are open again And then Mark Wilson no man bun for me Quite right <laughs> Could have thought of the Jim Duffy that they threw out there last night Hugh Keevans with the man bun man I think bun, we could yeah. cash for kids just before he gets oh, in percent. Yeah. I think he would suit it Yeah <laughs> Long flowing grey locks The Gareth Bale of Super Scoreboard <laughs> Anyway we've got the top team all around the grounds Today just a couple of matches in the Premiership That we can kick off with Livingston against Hamilton At the Tony Macaroni Arena Andrew McLean is watching that one 
Yeah, well, after that incredible unbeaten run Livingston had, they're now on a six-game winless run in all competitions. That includes that cup final defeat to St Johnston in which David Martindale was saying this week he thinks it's actually affected his players more than he thought it would. They're not quite over the line in terms of a top-six finish yet, but a point today would confirm that with Martindale saying he hopes that that will be the thing that will calm his players down if they can seal that. They have had barren spells in the past. Before last season, they went winless in eight. Still finished in fifth place, though. They went winless in nine the season before that. So they have experience of going through those spells and bouncing back and they'll be hoping that that happens today. As for Hamilton, just one loss in their last six. They've only won one game in that time but the vital thing is they are picking up points and at this time in the season it's crucial. Even more crucial when in that spell of six matches they picked up seven points while Kilmarnock have only picked up one. They're one point above Tommy Wright's side who are bottom of the table and this is their game in hand. So if they could win that and make it a four-point gap. The pressure really is on Kilmarnock at the foot of the table. As for team news, five changes for Livingston. Out go Taylor Sinclair, Serrano, Lawson, Mullen and Poplatnik. In come Longridge, Holt, Pittman, Forrest and Emmanuel Thomas. So it's Robbie McCrory who starts in goal. The back four, Nicky Devlin, Jack Fitzwater, John Guthrie and Jackson Longridge. The two holding midfielders, Marvin Bartley and Jason Holt with Alan Forrest, Craig Sibbald and Scott Pittman in behind J. Emmanuel Thomas. The substitutes, Mealy, McMillan, Ambrose, Serrano Lawson, Mullen, Cavia, Tiffany and Poplatnik. Three changes for Hamilton. Out go McMahon, Thomas and Moyo. In come Monroe, Smith and Anderson. So Ryan Fulton starts in goal for them today. Brian Easton, Aaron Martin and Jamie Hamilton. The back three, the midfield five. Lee Hodson, Scott Martin, Haki Madoffin, Ross Callahan, and Kyle Monroe with the strike partnership of Callum Smith and Bruce Anderson. The substitutes, Gurley, Sterling, Trafford, Hughes, Stanger, Mimnot, Moyo, Slaven and Redfern. Uh, when do we officially declare at the business end of the season, Hugh? That's our old newspaper term that you'll yes. have used many times over oh, the years. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, uh, took six games to go. Should I yeah. call it that now? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm looking at Kilmarnock. I can hardly believe what's going on there. Bottom of the table. They're the worst placed of all. They play the game more than Ross County and the Ackies. And they, they, they simply cannot buy a win and score a goal. So it is conceivable we could go into the split... Given the way the games are today, it is conceivable you could go into the split with the bottom three separated by just one point. Yeah, huge incentive for both those sides playing today, Livingston and Hamilton Ackies. Unthinkable, Alex, a few weeks ago to suggest that Livingston might not make the top six, but they've got the chance to get that point on the board, secure it. And as for Hamilton, Kilmarnock are sitting there, they can't do anything today, they're idle. Hamilton playing their game in hand with the chance. Um, to stretch that lead to four points over Kelly at the bottom And what a big bonus it would be as well Gordon You know Hamilton we say year on year They've gone, they must go this year The job that Brian Rice does And we, we hear uh, Aki's fans occasionally come on And moaning about where they are With the finances that they have When they stay up year on year They do a remarkable job And the one thing I love about Hamilton Aki's is They blood their young players as well They give them a platform You look at young Jack Hamilton you know he's grown in stature It's cost him a few red cards as well But that will he'll, he'll end up moving for decent money Brian Rice said It'd be the greatest achievement Of his footballing career If he kept Hamilton up And that shows you the task mm-hmm. That he must have seen At the start of the season With his squad With his budget He's only a fighting chance Let's hear from the managers then Ahead of that game At the Tony Macaroni David Martindale up first We've been disappointing Let's be honest We've been disappointing Since the Dungeon United game We've, um, we've not been at it Obviously, there's a wee bit. There's different reasons why you lose games of football, but we need to get back to what we were doing previously, very, very quickly. We know what we can do as a squad. We know what we can do. We've proven what we can do, so we need to get back to doing that, and as quickly as possible. I'm not going out to get a point. I'm going out to get three points. If, when, once, 
we secure top six, I think the boys will settle down a wee bit. Cup finals probably had a bigger impact on the last four or five games and personally what I thought it would have had. David Martindale there up against Brian Rice today. Well, obviously if we get a win, you know, it gives a wee bit more breathing space. Uh, but, as we're going to Livingston, who I know will be up for this game, David will be hurting after the, the cup final. And so we know how difficult this is going to be. When you know when you go and play against Livingston, it doesn't matter what sort of form they've been in, you know what you're going to get and you need to stand up to it and you need to deal with it the best you can and then you've got to go and cause them problems. You know, under no illusions how difficult this is going to be. We get everything we'll go every game. And as a manager, if I know I'm going to get that, it's a great standpoint for me. Now we did say it was the business end of the season That means that not only do you take care of your own result You quickly come off the pitch and look at what your closest rivals have done So Hamilton Aki's down there fighting for their lives Just three points better off are Ross County They welcome Hibs today and Dave Galloway is looking forward to that one Thanks Gordon Ross County go into the game buoyed by last weekend's vital and nerve-shredding victory over Kilmarnock but with second bottom Hamilton breathing down their necks there's little room for error John Hughes' side are unbeaten against their visitors this season with a win and a draw so far Hibs come here to Dingwall in need of a lift following back-to-back defeats and with fellow third-place challengers Aberdeen not in action today there's added incentive for a win that would take them six points clear of the Dons taking a look at the teams then just the one change for County Leo Hielda replacing Cole Donaldson so it's Ross Laidlaw in goals a back three of Keith Watson Alex Iacoviti and Cole Donaldson midfield Jason Naismith Jordan Tilson Leo Hielda Charlie Lackin and Blair Spittle up top Billy Mackay and Jordan White substitutes for Ross County Hilton Draper Gardine Shaw Vigers Hilton Charles Cook Kelly and Peyton. Just the one change also for Hibernian. It's Christian Doidge into the starting lineup at the expense of Kevin Nisbet. So they go with Ophir Marciano in goals, a back four of Paul McGinn, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon, and Josh Doig. Midfield Chris Cadden, Jackson Irvin, Alex Gogic, and Joe Newell. Up top, Martin Boyle and Christian Doidge. These substitutes for Hibs Macy, Gray, McGinnis, Wright, Nisbet, Stevenson. Halberg, Allen and McGregor And your March referee here in Dingwall Is John Beaton I'll get used to Macy Gray being on the bench One of these weeks Every week it nearly catches me out But that's fine Ross County against Hibs Looking forward to that one Huge game at the bottom And in the race for third Both Hibs and Aberdeen Missing the chance um, To take advantage of the other ones Slip up last week Derek McInnes is no longer The Aberdeen manager Can Hibs put a bit of additional pressure on Today Let's dip into the Championships and big games In that division Hearts against Air United At Tynecastle. Roger Hanna's there Yeah I'm looking forward To it God It was 5-3 When the sides met Here in Boxing Day So I really am Building myself up For something like A goal fest In Gorgie this afternoon Hearts now 13 points clear At the top of the Championship After Wraith took a point In Inverness last night And they now need Just 5 more wins To confirm An instant return To the top flight Despite some criticism Of performances They are unbeaten In their last 7 games Including a 1-0 win over here at Somerset Park when Liam Boyce scored from the penalty spot and Boyce has been the key man for Robbie Nielsen this time 13 goals 
in the campaign so far to lead from the front. Don't forget our own Andy Halliday. He's got three, including a rare header. Fraser Wishart reporter on it last week when they beat Dundee 2-1 here. They're without the band Peter Herring after his red card against Dundee seven days ago, but he would kick him off the bench, so it is an unchanged starting 11 for Nielsen. It means Craig Gordon in goal, Michael Smith, Craig Halkett, Mihai Popescu and Stephen Kingsley across the backs. A diamond in midfield, Andy Irving, Aaron McInef, Andy Halliday and Gary Mackay-Steven. And then it's Liam Boyce with Armand Nangeli up top on the bench, Stuart White, Berra, Walker, Freer, Castanier and Henderson. Momentous week for Air United. They welcome new manager David Hopkin, a permanent successor to Mark Kerr. He'll take the team for the first time this afternoon after his appointment on Thursday. A caretaker boss, David White, he gathered four points from two games to take Kerr out of the relegation playoff place. And I know Chairman David Smith, he, he took, he chose Hopkin after being inundated with applications from all around the globe. He even got one from the former boxing champion Curtis Woodhouse. Um, David Hopkin unchanged from the side that David White picked at Kirkcaldy for the 0-0 with Wraith in midweek. It means it's Bojami, Sini Salo in goal. It's a back four. Jordan Houston, Jack Baird, Corey and Daba and Patrick Redding. Midfield, Andy Murdoch and Aaron Muirhead. Then Luke McCowan, Cammy Smith and Tom Walsh behind lone frontman Michael Moffat. On the bench, it's Minsky, Roscoe Miller, Chalmers, Zanata, McKenzie, McGavin. The referee is Colin Stephen. And uh, I know you like me to raise my game. I'm beginning to feel Andy McLean's warm breath on my neck. Gordon for the, the, the stats man. He's after my anorak. So here's one for you. Air United have not won at Tynecastle since a League Cup tie in 1980. Robert Connor, who would go on to play for Scotland, get a last-minute winner for Air. An Air team that included Stevie Nicholl, who would go on to play for Liverpool in Scotland, against the Hearts defence marshalled by one Jim, Jim Jeffries. There we go, Andrew McLean. You've got five minutes to reply because actually I'm enjoying this battle of the two super scoreboard statos. In fact, I think I'm going to keep a close eye on that one this afternoon. We'll maybe get back to that as the afternoon progresses. Um, Mark Weedy, you're also on new manager watch. Dunfermline up against Morton. Yeah, there's no anoraks here, just very warm jackets, uh, <laughs> Gordon, and uh, scarves and hats and gloves. It's a cold one, and it's Gus McPherson's debut as manager of Morton until the end of the season. He's in along with his trusted sidekick of many years, Andy Millen, and right away he's added to the squad, and he's taken a man that he knows very well, Stephen McGinn, Stephen McGinn, a friend of Super Scoreboard, um, onto the staff, and he is on loan from Hibernian, and he makes his debut this afternoon for... Um, Morton. I do have the Morton team I'm waiting for the Dunfermline team but when you look at the, the championship as uh, Roger saying their hearts in, in firm control but from second place Wraith to second bottom are both only 8 points of difference um, from those ones so Dunfermline sit nicely uh, in third position this is their first game since February 27th they lost one nil at Queen of the South because of Covid they've missed their last two games so Stevie Crawford looking to get back to, to winning ways and just cement uh, that um, playoff place and even trying to catch Wraith uh, two points ahead of them for Morton 22 points they're only one point off the playoff place but equally they're only six points off getting into the playoffs so first and foremost Gus McPherson will look to try and secure safety but I'm sure that they will have won eye on trying to break in to that top four. I'll give you the Dunfermline and Morton teams as soon as I get it. But here at East End Park it should be a cracker Dunfermline against Morton. Sounds great the conditions there sound wonderful uh, for a game of football so we look forward to um, hearing how Gus McPherson, Stephen McGinn and everyone else gets on Dunfermline 
Against Morton Dundee Our broth makes up our championship offering today Fraser Wisher is watching that one Yeah, afternoon everybody A very sunny, a bit cold Dundee A bit like Mark Guidi With warm jackets and scarves on But the Dens Park pitch has spent much of 2021 underwater Because of the weather and games postponed all over the place It's looking a bit bare And patches hopefully won't affect the game But with the shortened season And the guys who are at championship games Talking about the table being so tight And Dundee are in fifth And looking obviously for that top four playoff place at very least but they're three points behind Dunfermline who are in third so that looks as if they've got a real chance and they do have a real chance of getting to top four but they're only three points ahead of today's opponents are both in ninth and I saw Dundee last week at Tynecastle and the performance perhaps summed up their inconsistent season they're two behind weren't really in the game but once they scored they suddenly looked a confident team and could have got a point with Craig Gordon making a number of great saves in the last half hour so a playoff place at least expected by supporters like McGowan and Jason Cummings Charlie Adam was back on the bench today they'll be key men if they're going to kick on and get promotion but they'll find it difficult against a really stuffy well organised good part time team in our both led by the championship manager of the month Dick Campbell and they've been in good form recently they've got a mix of experience and loan signings like Sir Thompson and Ricky Little who's been around this level for a long time signing a new contract during the week and I'm looking forward to seeing young midfield player Ben Williamson he's 18 but he's on loan from Rangers and really looking to learn his trade and couldn't pick a better place to do so not long ago they looked isolated at the bottom but an unbeaten eight game run with four wins and four draws pulled them back into the pack and they have a fighting chance of staying up that run came to an end last week they were two up against Queen of the South but somehow lost four goals and lost the game but they know they can take points from Dundee one of the draws in that run was it was against a dense park men at Gayfield and they lost 1-0 here in December so they know how to make it very difficult for the bigger teams and the team news two changes for Dundee Jack Hamilton drops to the bench Liam Fontaine is out injured in come Ledskins and Fagan Walcott and I said Charlie Adam is back on the bench Adam Ledskins is in goals back four of Christy Elliott Lee Ashcroft Malachy Fagan Walcott and Jordan Marshall in midfield Paul McMullen Max Anderson Paul McGowan and Declan McDade with Danny Mullen partnering Jason Cummings up front a fairly experienced bench Jack Hamilton Cammy Kerr Sean Byrne Jonathan Olafabi Osmond So Charlie Adam and Sam Fisher for a growth they make one change from defeat against Queen of the South Bobby Lynn drops to the bench and the equally experienced James Cragen comes in on the left side of the midfield Derek Gaston's in goals Jason Thompson Ricky Little Thomas O'Brien and Colin Hamilton at the back four Scott Stewart, Michael McKenna, Ben Williamson and James Cragen in midfield with Dale Hilson and Jack Hamilton up front. Mark Watley, David Gold, Bobby Lynn, Chris Doolan, Lewis Moore, Carol Pignatello and the goalkeeper Scott Gallagher on the bench and the referee today at Dens Park is experienced Willie Collum. Let's be honest, Fraser, football without fans at the games is rubbish but every cloud for you lot is you get to hear the managers up and close and you get to hear what they're shouting and barking from the sidelines I just wonder if Dick Campbell is going to be one of the one of the star attractions on that front I think he will and uh, you know we're not actually too far away from the, the away dugout here so uh, I'll let you know of any of the good the good shouts sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good some of the premiership managers I've heard the shouts you can take you back to the old days when I played when you were called all sorts of names by, by managers but uh, Dick we, we call him a character but that, that takes away from the fact that he's a very good manager at this level he's got great record of promotions he is uh, very successful he knows how to weld together a really good part time team and I'm looking forward to seeing his team play as well as his shouts I'll keep you informed of any any good patter by the bold dick there we go in a couple of weeks time you lot are going to have to give out your awards for the best and worst shouts you've heard from managers this season because we can't hear it we're stuck here in the studio uh, you can let us know um, right it's that time on a Saturday we've given you the team news we always get all the guys involved all the mics on and take a look back at some of the week's biggest talking points we'll do that next 
the team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray are in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds. Just two Premiership games today. As we uh, catch up on some outstanding fixtures And of course we've had our own scheduling difficulties With the delay in the Scottish Cup But hopefully that's us moving towards An exciting finish to the season At this time on a Saturday We always get all the guys involved And look back on some of the week's biggest talking points I think a fairly obvious place to start Roger Hanna This time next week Will we be here previewing Celtic against Rangers or not? Um, I think we will be here this time next week previewing Celtic versus Rangers at Celtic Park on the Sunday lunchtime. Um, it's a difficult build-up. I think Scottish Government are anxious. I think Police Scotland are anxious. And I think both clubs are probably be anxious. Um, I don't want to labour the point of what happened last weekend. We've talked through it every super scoreboard through the week, Gordon. I think it's important to look ahead. And I think the message will go out in no uncertain terms from the clubs, from the police and from the government. Do not go anywhere near Celtic Park next Sunday. Do not go anywhere near Ibrox, if that's your intention, George Square, if that's your intention, or anywhere in between. If you want to watch the game, sit in the house, listen to Super Scoreboard, watch the television, because if there are scenes like there were around the city and around the country last weekend, there will be major implications for the Scottish game. Hugh Keevans, what's your gut telling you at the moment? That game going to go ahead as Roger suspects it will? Uh, no, I'm not prepared to say 100% it will go ahead because I believe that uh, Police Scotland will be active uh, over the coming days uh, because they have uh, intelligence on these matters uh, and Humza Youssef, the uh, Justice Secretary, is not yet willing to say the game will definitely go ahead. I can only underline what Roger has said. If this game does not take place then it stands to reason the next one at Ibrox will not take place. And if the two of them are drawn together in the Scottish Cup, that won't take place. And if that happens, Sky Television will say, what use is this contract to us? And if Sky Television get upset with Scottish football and they write the cheques and they are paying for our game, we are in deep trouble. Yeah, I mean, Mark Guidi, I think it was once we went off air last night, Rangers did issue a statement saying that they've... Taken part in multi-agency meetings with the government, the council, police and Celtic um, Talk about continuing a, a dialogue, constructive message And they've agreed to support a stay-at-home message They're reiterating, they say, Stephen Gerrard's comments from last weekend um, For supporters to stay at home and ensure the safety of themselves and others How do you see this playing out this week, Mark? Is it a case of as long as Celtic and Rangers do their part And are very clear in that message Then the game goes ahead yeah I, I would think so I'm, I'm 95% certain there was a suggestion that it might be more suitable in terms of uh, society and um, um, uh, by putting the game on perhaps on the on the Monday afternoon but of course that wouldn't really suit Rangers with them having a, a European game um, on Thursday night so it's up to football um, supporters to behave and follow the guidelines that are set out by their clubs there has to be a clear and unequivocal message from both halves of the city clear messages from the police and from the government and, and as a guy Hugh and Roger have just said there I think it will go ahead but if there are if there's any misbehaviour at all next Sunday before, during or after then the game faces 
a real possibility of pretty much just being shut down. And as you says too, the wider implications, Sky TV are already brassed off the lack of access uh, to, that Rangers have given them in the wake of winning the title. And whether Scottish clubs, Scottish fans like it or not, Sky TV's money allow Rangers to have Ennis Hadji and Kimar Roof, allow Celtic to, to, to have Odson Edward and, and other players. So... We need to we need to be very careful and do things properly. But the onus is on the football supporter. Fraser, this does go back a little bit to last weekend, but now with a view to what we do going forward, what what, what can clubs do? What level of expectation can there realistically be on a club to, to stop this happening? Obviously, you all know the story last week. The government and the police and various others were unhappy that Rangers didn't do more. What what does that look like? What what can you do to stop it happening? As yeah, and I think there's a lot of finger pointing from from everybody that was involved uh, last weekend, and uh, the truth will be in there somewhere. But I, I think the important thing is to, to focus going forward. I mean, as, as last Sunday unfolded, I think we were all sitting almost with our head in our hands, thinking, "Come on, guys, go home, please go home." And the message to this week has to be very similar: is, is stay at home. Uh, and I, I get the frustrations of. of of people because we've been a year in lockdown every one of us, we've all got individual circumstances to, to deal with uh, including those Rangers supporters last weekend and, and football supporters up and down the land and I, I have to say that uh, you know you can, you can feel a frustration but they cannot go out next weekend at all, apart from anything else you know, everybody else is staying at home, everybody else is trying to abide by the rules and hopefully we'll come out of lockdown sooner rather than, than later and, uh, and there'll be a time for Rangers supporters to celebrate You know, if they, if they continue this brilliant run in Europe as well, there might be a double celebration, there might be a Scottish Cup there, there's going to be lots and lots to, to, to do and as, as clubs what can they do? They can just follow the, 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 the guidelines and the strong words that have come from government and the police as well and just put that, that strong messaging out and we'll all do it We'll all say to supporters, please stay at home. I don't, I don't get why people now would look at next weekend and think, yeah, I'm going to go to George Square, I'm going to go to our pal's house as well. Don't do it. And that's all the clubs can do. And after that, it's down to the individuals. And, and, and all we can say to, to supporters is, please don't do it. Because the ramifications, not only for football, but for wider, wider society as well, could be pretty bad. So please just stay at home, enjoy the game, whoever you support. And if your team wins or loses, celebrate or commiserate in your house or do it online with your pals. Roger, does the strength of the message does it make any difference? I've heard this a lot during the week. You know, it doesn't matter what football clubs say; people will will do what they want. And you know, for a couple of statements, can it still be stronger? I don't know if that looks like getting your your manager or your star man to look right down the barrel of a camera and deliver it in a completely straight manner that leaves no room for any doubt. No, not even mentioning of you know we understand what everyone's going through and all the rest of it. Can the can the clarity can the strength of the message be upped and, and would it make any difference? Um, personally, I've never been convinced it makes much difference. You listen to David Martindale who entered the debate in the middle of the week and he was saying what, what more could Rangers have done last weekend if people are intent on going out, people will go out. But I think in terms of the reaction from Holyrood and the reaction from the police authorities this week, Gordon, they want to see more from Rangers and this week from Celtic as well. They believe that. A message from, for instance, Stephen Gerrard and John Kennedy, as you say, staring into the camera, imploring the supporters to stay at home, imploring the supporters not to go to Celtic Park, to Ibrox, to John Square, to each other's homes, um, imploring them to abide by the lockdown laws, um, the social distancing restrictions. I think Nicola Sturgeon and the police believe that is the best way forward. 
And if the clubs do that this week, Gordon, and there are still instances of any disorder or any lockdown breaches next weekend, then it's less likely that fingers of blame can be pointed at the clubs or by all the football authorities. You see, this has implications for football, but it's not a football matter. This is a matter of public health. This is about COVID-19. This is about the transmission of a deadly disease which has accounted for the lives of more than 7,000 Scottish people, in excess of 7,000 Scottish people. If you willfully ignore all of that and turn up at Celtic Park or George Square, then you mock the dead. Do you understand? You mock the dead. I mean, I'm not sure that everyone would see it that way. That's That's a very extreme line on it. And I get where you're coming from, Hugh, but... You know, people's emotions getting the better of themselves Is that, can we not allow ourselves a little bit of that? That's not to say that it's okay But given the year that everyone's had that, that People feel yeah, implored to go out and But listen, the, what? why are they coming out? Why are they coming out? If it's to celebrate the winning of the league title Then, you know, as Fraser well, We've seen said, it for various reasons, haven't we? And it's, it's generally emotionally driven Of course, this week and last weekend It was all about Rangers at Ibrox and, uh, and George Square That was a, an outpouring of happiness Which led people, incorrectly, obviously Out onto the streets uh, I can't remember which month it was But we were locked in here a few times And it was an outpouring of anger and frustration Which drove Celtic fans to turn out So it, it's always emotionally driven I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it being perceived as a, a conscious decision to mock the dead That sounds very well, extreme I, Well, I'm afraid we live in the real world And more than 7,000 are dead And this is a public health issue That's why the Justice Secretary and the Sports Minister Were there with the football authorities This... Humza Yousaf is trying to get the point across that we are at a point in the dealing with the COVID-19 business where we can go in a very positive direction or we can relapse and go in a negative direction. Surely it's not too much to ask people to understand that what they do could lead to the R number increasing or if they stay away we move closer to the day when we get our lives back And now we're moving even further away from our expertise <laughs> if, if we even have any, Alex Ray <laughs> When we start mentioning those um, terms Yeah, listen Gordon, I think it'll be important The discussions uh, throughout the course of this week uh, I'm of the opinion that the game will go ahead um, I think the key thing as well is Obviously people staying safe That has to be always the message, Gordon We have a, a I th- I'm related to believe it's a very lucrative Deal with Sky and we cannot afford for them to come further down the line and go, do you know what, two of the showcase games, the, the both old firm games, have been pulled. And that is worth X amount of money because if they try and reclaim that, the implications to the, the football world in general could be severe. So we have to be box clever. And I, I think uh, on the back of what's gone on last weekend and other uh, examples, I think it's time for the individuals who make that decision to go out with, step back, take a breath, and stay away for the game next week because if the government did pull it, Gordon, uh, uh, listen, we've, we've spoken about this time after time. We've had Jim Duffy and the guys at the game and the importance of trying to get football out to the general public. It's actually helped people along the way. Mm. And if that to get pulled now and we're getting towards a positive outcome, the numbers are actually reducing, then I think it would be a real shame. I think, Gordon, the point you made, the, the managers of both clubs at present and probably the captains, Staring down the lens and give a message would resonate 
with the supporters who chose to come out last week and back in November when it was Celtic better than a faceless message from the club just saying stay away reading it on social media Celtic say stay away Rangers say stay away if it's Stephen Gerrard and John Kennedy uh, and, and Tavernier and Scott Brown at separate times throughout the week stay away mm. I think, think the it message, makes a difference I, I, I just popped in my head I'm not necessarily saying it's, a, it's an idea I personally think it does now Look, we'll, we'll talk about last week because we saw Stephen Gerrard, you know, uh, and players hanging out the window cheering to the crowd. You know, a great achievement, a uh, win the league this year. But there was a silence in terms of uh, telling them to go home. Celtic, it was it was entirely different, of course, because it was anger. But Celtic put out the statement. I think if the figureheads of these clubs speak to their fans down the lanes. It would make a difference. It would make a difference and get to them. Gordon, can I just say something as well? Hugh, Hugh touched upon something earlier on in terms of if the intelligence indicates this coming week. I don't know about anybody else. See, five weeks leading up to last Sunday, yeah. everybody yeah, in the granny exactly. knew that that was going to happen. Um, you, you three out at the grounds, it's extremely windy, so I've kind of had your mics down a little bit. Anyone want to come back in? No, I think the point you made, Gordon, and Mark echoes, and you know what would be great to see? The four of them standing together, socially distanced, of course. James Tavernier, Scott Brown, Stephen Gerrard and John Kennedy. Uh, but unfortunately, Celtic and Rangers, from what I'm led to believe, I don't think they enjoy a particularly um, work, you know, good working relationship together where, they, where they, they have in the past. I don't know why that's the reason, to be perfectly honest. But it'd be great to see them uniting pre-match. Because like we say, this is yes, it's about yep. football, but it's also about public health. And it would, be a, it would send out a great message to society if they're able to do that but I, I'd be very surprised if, if that happens I, I just think it's I think unbelievable that in 2021 we're talking about the inability of two clubs to stand together in the same room and deliver a message I, I mean w- w- why can't they? I suspect that's an entirely different discussion for maybe for maybe another Saturday Fraser was that you trying to, to give us Yeah I, I, I was just going to say I, I think I agree that the, the, the clubs have to to give as strong a message as they possibly can and that's all they can do but they'll be told what to do I mean I think uh, the meeting with the government wouldn't have been much of a consultation they'll be told what to do and, and whether you, you voted for that party or not in any walk of life you have to respect the fact that they are, they are the, govern- the government and uh, they will follow everything by, by the letter and uh, that will send a strong message and then it's down to the individuals and as I said before you know people who are sitting at home people haven't seen loved ones we've all got individual circumstances people up and down the land and, and I get the frustrations of people I get the frustrations of Rangers supporters who've been through so much over the last number of years don't let it spoil your team's title victory and stay at home stay safe never mind anything else this is still something as, as you were saying that, that's, that's uh, taking lives it's causing problems mm. so don't put yourself in a position where you get it as well so just stay at home please and uh, allow football to finish because football's made a lot of, a lot of leaps and bounds over the last 12 months to try and keep and bent over and change things to try and keep 42 clubs alive they're still here and we're almost at the end of this 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 kind of terrible season and we might get crowds at the start of next season but don't spoil it now please yeah because Roger just I was going to say I think I think the messaging from the clubs is important but I think the messaging from government needs to change as well so far football has been hit with a big stick by Nicola Sturgeon and the Scottish government there needs to be a little bit of carrot now Um, you read the papers down south this morning they're talking about 10,000 supporters in each Premier League ground for the last day of the season they're talking about 20,000 supporters at the Carabao Cup final at the end of next month and the FA Cup final the following month they're talking about big crowds at Wembley for the Euros. Now, as far as I know, COVID doesn't discriminate between Manchester and Motherwell or between London and Livingston. So if London 
government, Westminster government can approve that, then is there anything to stop the Holyrood government saying, listen, it's a big game next week, please stay at home, please keep the R number down, and if we can get hold of this properly, there's a chance you might get into a stadium to see your team before the end of this season. Okay, we'll leave it there. That was Roger Hanna, Mark Weedy, Fraser Wishart, amongst others. Um, it is that time on a Saturday. We now go back around the grounds, though, and take a look at what's coming up in those three o'clock kickoffs. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson, Alex Rain, Hugh Keevans are in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds as we build up to the three o'clock kickoff. Just two games in the Scottish Premiership, but they are massive in their own right, and they've got a knock-on effect, particularly at the bottom. But when you look at that race for third and the battle to get into the top six as well, there is a lot to play for. Let's go back to Livingston Hamilton. I mean, Andrew, no disrespect, it's not the most glamorous tie we've given you, but you need to come up with something to. To rival Roger Hanna He's trying to stake his claim As the main stats man You've been working Your backside off On Twitter To prove that you're The main stats man On the show What have you got for us? Well that's the thing I think he was just Leaving one on me earlier there Let me know I was in a game Right yeah. at the start of the Start of the show But Yeah exactly So you know what I'm the, I'm the young up and comer I'll, uh, I'll have a go back at him So these two mm-hmm. sides have played a bit more regularly in the same division as each other since 2006. And if you actually look back since 2006, Hamilton have got the better of Livingston at home, but more importantly, away as well. Hamilton have actually won six times here against Livingston since 2006. Livingston only getting the better of Hamilton at the Tony Macaroni Arena four times since 2006. So that will give Hamilton a bit of confidence, I think. And I think it's probably the sharp end of the pitch that both sides will be looking for a bit more. Hamilton, they'll be delighted to have Bruce Anderson back. He couldn't play against his parent club of course Aberdeen last week but Marius Ogpo's out David Moyle's out as well so it's important that Bruce Anderson who's impressed since he came in on loan in January is at it today alongside Callum Smith as well who's an industrious player you know he can run in behind he can hold the ball up as well the two of them will be looking to create a bit of a goal scoring partnership if they can today as for Livingston we know it's not really been working out for them they haven't been getting bowled over most weeks but goals have been an issue and that's maybe why it's five changes for David Martindale today Alan Forrest is back in he's actually their top goal scorer in all competitions this season although most of them did come in the League Cup group stage Jay Emmanuel Thomas back in as well up top he does have a goal in him and offers something a bit different so David Martindale and uh, Brian Rice we're hoping that each side are amongst the goals today yeah I feel like they're just sort of feeling each other out early on Hugh a couple, well, a couple of jabs there's no there is no knockout blow by any means but just uh, well you know I came in here 71 years old I now feel at 91 <laughs> will, <laughs> will there be much more of this loads more I think I think we should throw it out there on the back of this new stats rivalry mm. I think the challenge for this afternoon is for you lot at home to give us your favourite football stat or fact of all time of any division Whatever you want Blank canvas In honour Of Andrew McLean And Roger Hanna We're looking for your Favourite ever Football stat or fact There must be some Outrageous ones out there Mm. That producer Callum's Going to have to Check to make sure I'm not getting the mickey Taken out of me Um, So let's see what we've got We'll do that a bit later on I think Let's keep going back around Um, But yeah Livy Hamilton It is Vital For for both sides you Yeah uh, I mean I, I do understand where Brian Rice is coming from That this would be the achievement of a lifetime If he could keep the Ackies up uh, And that you've got two great guys there David Martindale the, 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 the reconstructed man The man that we've praised all season long For turning his life around And um, making a real 
good job of managing Libby and you get Brian Rice uh, the, the real football man who is in the twilight of his career uh, and looking just to keep the Ackies up so it's a, a great story of these two gaffers uh, both of whom will go out to win the match at least there'll be no buses parked anywhere they'll go out to win and I just hope that the game lives up to the, the hype we've given it Has anyone got any real conviction as to who they think will go down or do you just keep changing your your mind every week when you see the results coming in I feel like I'm sort of tempted to do that every time somebody picks up three points you go yeah. oh well that's the off they'll not go down then and then the next week it swings somewhere else I've been saying for weeks that uh, command that will have enough but I'm actually starting to change my mind the run mm. there runs horrific mm. uh, it's difficult I mean I said Ross County at the start of the season would go down but John Hughes comes in gets result after result against Celtic and, and Hibs Follow that with Brian Rice What he's done in recent weeks When you look at these last six games I think oh, we lost one in the last, mm. the last six You think they aren't going to go down And we Alex Kelly Look like week on week The favourites And Tommy Wright needs something to happen quickly I know they're not playing the day But the next time they're out He needs a win badly Mark Guidi, Roger Hanna, Fraser Wishart How do you view that situation down there With not too long to go? I think we've all been worried for Kilmarnock for a while, just uh, the, the drop since Alec Dyer uh, left even before he left as well, you know, they've not really had the big bounce expected of, of Tommy Wright and, and I, I think Kilmarnock are in deep trouble, big couple of weeks coming up for for, for them, but uh, and I think Aki's will end up finishing second bottom, I think John Hughes just brought a bit of life to, to, to Ross County, they've got a decent squad, I think they might just get over it with Hamilton 11th and I'm worried about Kilmarnock, I think they might just go down. Well, one point in 30... Fraser, you know that that yeah. that's relegation form. Uh, what what are the actual implications, Fraser, financially of of dropping down? That's huge for for whoever drops down. Uh, I mean, some clubs have got their contract structured. If they do have players who, who are under contract, uh, they, they take a, a cut when they when they, the team's relegated. I think I think most of the clubs at that level, sometimes they don't even have players on longer than one year contracts. But uh, you know that for a start, you know we, we hope we're chatting out earlier about crowds and empty stadia. But hopefully we'll have some kind of crowds back to start our next season as well. So. so so that's got a big implication. Obviously, your cut of the TV deal is lower as well. Even if they, they win the, the, the championship, it's far lower than finishing 11th or 12th or even 10th in the in the Premiership as well. So huge changes have to be made for every club. I'm watching Dundee here, who will have had to have made huge changes in the last 18 months because of the, the financial changes that they, they've had. No Derbys, no Rangers, Celtic, Hearts and Hibs will bring a big crowds up here. Aberdeen as well. So there's huge implications for, for, for every club. And it just worries me, come on. They just have lost that. That kind of, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, they were so difficult to beat, and they always had a, had a threat on the break. But Kyle Lafferty's come in; he might be the one that can maybe just swing it for them. But uh, other than that, they don't really seem to have a goal threat at the moment up front, which which makes a difference for the teams at the bottom. Uh, Roger and Mark, I feel like most people are saying Kilmarnock because we've not yet seen the signs of life from them that we've seen from Ross County, who've picked up some great results, from Hamilton Ackies, who've picked up some good results. Is, can you see it shifting? Um, it's difficult. Um, once you get into that downward spiral, I'm told Tommy Wright has been surprised by some of the things he's inherited at Komama and not pleasantly surprised Gordon. And the thing, it's bad enough going down. The problem is when you get down to that championship, how difficult it is to get back up. There's Fraser. 
at Dens Park watching Dundee, you know, a, a big city club stuck down in the second tier. Dundee United, before they came up last season, were down for four years. Look at Falkirk, now in the third tier. Partick Thistle, now in the third tier. When you get down, and it's slightly difficult, I'm a time castle today, slightly different perhaps because they have such a big budget compared to the rivals. They were always likely to come straight back up. Kilmarnock won't have that next season if they go down. They will have to cut their cloth to match their means and that would be the biggest worry for me if I were a Kilmarnock fan not just going down how long you would be down for Mark Weedy I think Ross County would be the team I would pick to, to get out of it um, but really you could put the three of them um, in a hat um, Kilmarnock need to start getting points on the board quickly but the good thing about it is Gordon we've, we've got a race You know, once we go into the split we know that all three clubs will be in the split and they will be fighting it out for those to, to avoid those bottom two uh, places. That said, I think that whoever finishes second bottom and goes into the playoff against the championship team, um, having seen some championship uh, games this season, I would fancy Ross County, Kilmarnock or Hamilton to win the playoff. Yeah, I suppose that's the other side of it as well, Alex Ray. It can be difficult to predict when you look yeah, at, at previous seasons. There have been a and maybe a couple of shocks in there, but over the piece, would you still fancy the Premiership team? Yeah, without doubt. I'm, You're uh, just basing this on that game you watched last night, aren't you? Last night, it was absolutely <laughs> horrific. I've never it was like a calamity. <laughs> That's what did you talk up the game? Cops. Yep, no, no, I love to talk up the game. And listen, I said to you, the bothies when I came into the studio, I watched it from start to finish. I'm a diehard. Uh, but some of the games I've watched on a Friday night has been a really tough watch, and because of. Uh, you know, I suppose uh, momentum's a factor as well, Gordon. Because if you go on a little run between now and the playoff uh, fixtures, then depending who you get in that second bottom, but you always have to fancy the top team. Um, just to change tact slightly, purely because we're talking about you know Hibs and, and the battle for third, Aberdeen are not playing today. I want to put it out to you guys at the ground how you see the managerial situation at Petodre shaping up. We'll start with you, Mark. Uh, how's it how's it shaping up? Uh, I think Stephen Glass is. is is FAV, although I understand that they, that they are you know, looking at different options, but Stephen Glass is definitely um, in the driving seat. I don't think the Scott Brown thing will happen. They look perhaps working to his advantage, but he, st- he should be staying at Celtic anyway. I've said that all along. It would be madness not to have uh, Scott Brown as part of the, the Celtic setup um, next season. And um, I think Derek McInnes won't have a problem at all getting back into the game. I thought the way that Aberdeen handled the whole situation was poor, it should have been better. Um, but but nonetheless there it is where he is but uh, he's far too good a manager to, to bout the game for long I offer this to you purely a speculation however I'm looking forward to this what name is about to follow uh, I was told this morning that Darren Ferguson the son of the legend Sir Alex Ferguson Darren currently the manager of Peterborough I'm told that his price with the bookies is dropping substantially mm. And there's a feeling that, and what a story it would be, another Fergie for Aberdeen could be on the cards. It may well be, Roger Hanna, but this is at the end of a week where an Aberdeen fan managed to get his price down to 7-1 to one just by creating a fake Wikipedia um, page. So, well, it's, it's certainly another interesting name. Uh, it's an interesting name. Um, I tend to agree with Mark. I think Stephen Glass will get the job. I don't think he'll get it anytime soon. It wouldn't surprise me if Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson took the team to the end of the season. Um, I agree with Mark as well. I'm not sure the way Aberdeen have handled this has been textbook. 
Um, if you want to finish third, you're surely better having the experience of Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty taking you through to the end of the season rather than the relative inexperience of Sheeran and Robson. Um, I think there's a chance Scott Brown might go to Aberdeen. Um, I think it might hang on who Celtic appoint as manager, who Celtic appoint as director of football, where they see Scott Brown's role next season. But um, I certainly wouldn't rule out seeing Scott Brown along with Stephen Glass and Alan Russell at Petordry next season. Um, it was slightly thinking outside the box by the Aberdeen board. I don't think that's a bad thing either. But in the short term, I think the winners here might be Jack Ross and Hibbs because already clear of Aberdeen, this is their game in hand today. I think they're in the box seat to finish third. Time flies when you're having fun. It is almost time for kickoff. It's coming up next. The fastest goals The expert opinions This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds And the games are getting underway on a Saturday afternoon Just two in the Premiership We've got some featured matches in the Championship for you as well So sit back, do your best to enjoy And at five o'clock we'll give you the chance to have your say on the open line You can stay in touch All afternoon on Twitter But there's only one place to start And it's Hugh Keevan's Acker It's usually done Within the first five minutes What's it looking like today? I'm going to go For Hibs to win In Dingwall And the Ackies to get a point At Libby Mark Wilson Two draws for me Today In the top games Okay Short and sweet Are we only, only doing two games today? Well, you can, you can well, I'm, I'm going to go to full shooting match I'm going to go for Ackies To beat Livingston I'm going to go for Ross County to beat Hibs. I'm going for Dundee to beat Arbroath. Hearts, home win. And I'm going to go for Dunfermline to draw against Morton. That's your accumulator. Okay, let's wait and see. We'll keep an eye on all of those matches. Keep you up to speed with anything that's happening. Um, and lots more, I'm sure, to come on a Saturday afternoon. Don't forget, we were asking you, um, because there's been a bit of a battle brewing recently between Roger Hanna and Andrew McLean to be Clyde One Super Scoreboard's resident stato. So it got me thinking You know we like to have A bit of fun on a Saturday afternoon With that in mind What is the best Football stat Fact Piece of trivia That you have ever heard The one that you'll never forget The one that You just pull out the bag And impress Whoever you are near Mark Wilson Have you got any Dare I ask No I didn't think this, so uh, Alex This Ray. season This season Liverpool have had 18 different Centre half pairings That's just off the top of All my right, head Alright okay I mean it's not great But it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a Fair enough crumble, start Yeah Yeah so you're looking for a start Right okay The last time that the league Was won this early Mark you have to go back To 1902 <laughs> How do you like that one Chuck? <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming Boom <laughs> i tell you what People have been getting in touch In their droves already So I'm looking forward Brilliant. to that I'll actually put a tweet out as well So you can uh, just reply to it And let us know Hugh Evans, Just nice and early Let's get everything up and running So we know where we stand Are you okay. ready? The first half teaser With Sunday's Scottish Sun Free goals, pull out Plus Davy Province Frank and Fearless Column Since season 2016-2017 And including this season Seven players have scored Six or more Scottish top flight league goals In one calendar month Name them So Ooh since season 2016-2017 And including this season Seven players have scored Six or more Scottish top flight league goals In one calendar month Who are they? 
That's an extremely difficult question You're going to have to have some memory for that one But nevertheless, head over at Clyde SSB We're looking for one tweet with all seven names on it And you need to beat everyone else to the punch So don't hang around, get thinking, get tweeting And send it over to at Clyde SSB I'll be mighty impressed if anyone gets that straight away Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong These are understandably fairly prolific strikers on the list um, six, six top flight goal scorers uh, Six Seven players have seven scored players, six yeah. or more Scottish top flight league goals in one calendar month Right okay Since sixteen seventeen, So it's all fairly recent mm. Yep First chance of the game there for Hibs Corner kick swung in Dodge with a header What an outstanding save It was from the Ross County goalkeeper But I think the referee might have just blown up for something But the goalkeeper didn't know that Good start for Hibs uh, yeah right so on Twitter already These stats are flooding in Mikey says mm. My favourite stat right now Is Philip Hillander Has never lost a league game For Rangers Wow In which he's played in No way So there you go Yeah uh, Gus says The last time That no foreigners Played for either team In a European Cup Or Champions League final Was Celtic Inter Milan It's 67 The last time That no foreigners Played in the for each side in the, the European Cup or Champions League final Wow Is it true? I think so I've got absolutely no idea Producer Callum's nodding away This is the thing but You, you can just any start from that's good years fun. ago That's good though I like that That's, that's I'm going to make something up and I just throw it out there <laughs> Every day, every week <laughs> So when Man United won the European Cup the following year in 68 When they beat Benfica at Wembley That means that the Benfica team was made up entirely of Portuguese players no, because this was no. No, that was, it was uh, the last time it happened was '67. So there must have been a foreigner playing for either Man United or Benfica. No, no? But that's but, but that's what I'm contesting. Is uh, I'm just asking. Mm. I can remember the Man United team. Obviously, that you were talking about Irish players uh, and Scottish players, Paddy Clare and and uh, English players. I'm just one, trying to remember if all of that Benfica team would have been Portuguese. There was but, Irish players in the Man United team. Yeah, yeah, and Scottish. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's what. <laughs> if you got this stat backwards, you're talking about foreign players. You said yes. So if you are an Irishman playing for Man United, or uh-huh. you're a Scotsman playing for Man United, you are a foreigner because they're an English team. Oh, I don't know. They're all. I thought it was all British. Oh. Uh, that's a debate for another day. I suspect. <laughs> um, God, what an opportunity for the boy Chris Cadden. He gets laid back by Martin Boyle from about eight yards, and he balloons it over the bar. Should have scored. Jamie, I've heard this one numerous times. Um, Jamie straight in St Johnson, the only team in Britain with a J in their name. Yeah, That's I heard that one. Yeah, it's a good one. And classic that one. Right, okay. Um, we think we'll do best and worst. We'll, well, I think well, we, we, we need a, we need a few. The giant that. <laughs> we need a few categories: best, worst, and most obscure. I think would be the would be the three so far. I mean, Chris. Uh, Chris Watson's got in touch on behalf of his son Max, he, who gave it to him. He says, "Hugh, only one." Only one foreign team in the world has won the Copa del Rey, so they've somehow gone and won the Spanish Cup, uh-huh. and it has it in the trophy cabinet. Any idea? Is it Swansea? It's Motherwell. Oh, there you go. I think we'll be hard pushed to beat that one this afternoon, and I would say that. So, and I'm the one on this side that will just turn your lot's mic off if if you disagree. <laughs> Hold on. What was yeah. that? What was that start? Read that again. Motherwell are the only foreign team to have ever won the Copa del Rey. Right, explain that. How that's, that's some, it's just fact. some sort of invitation, obviously, <laughs> to go over and play in it way back. And oh, that's a mm. weird one. Yeah, so there we go. 
weird and wonderful well that's what we said weird and wonderful that's what we're looking for yeah yeah. Uh, right Ross County nil Hibs nil in the Premierships still goalless Livy Hamilton as well goalless across the board in fact in our featured matches so uh, get in touch on the teaser on the stats discussion and we'll keep you up to speed if any goals go in oh, Hibs have started brilliantly Willow they're on the front foot and uh, really asking questions as the producer just hits the refresh button <laughs> I tell you what But Ross County for the first five minutes Looked like a Oof. team who uh, Under the Should be down there I mean mistakes from Watson uh, Maybe on a couple of occasions To let Dodge in for the header But then a slack back pass To look nervy Ross County And of course You always do When you're up against players With you know Blistering pace coming at you It does put a bit of nerves About you when you're in the back four Ross County need to uh, get their act together As does the Producer and getting this game back on. Well done, Calm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Hibs obviously Alex a bit of a strange time for them. Yes. Those back to back defeats against Motherwell and St Johnston coming on the back of four successive wins. They were very much in the driving seat for third. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can look at this two ways. D- did they miss an opportunity because Aberdeen dropped points last time out, or or was it the other way around? Yeah, I think because of Aberdeen's form, Gordon hasn't been great, resulting in Derek losing his position up there. Uh, but they've managed to, as you say, a couple of defeats, but four wins uh, prior to that. It just gives you that yardstick. If they win today, I will go as far as to say third place is cemented. I, I, I predicted Aberdeen to finish third, but their form's not been good enough. Gordon. Alec, you've had to deal with chief execs and chairmen mm. uh, as player and manager. I get the distinct impression that. Dave Cormack and Derek McInnes the chemistry wasn't there Derek McInnes had been happy at Aberdeen but I suspect his happiness had been diluted since Dave Cormack took control of the club yeah I, th- I think you could be right Hugh I think his uh, relationship with Stuart Millen you know they had some good times together he was very supportive both of them were and then you get a new guy in sometimes you have fresh ideas so when the results start to change uh, it's easier for that guy to, to make the decision and and that's ultimately what's happened but I think if you look back over Derek's uh, period at Aberdeen you know he's been very good very consistent in relation to where he took him or Hugh so but the, the relationship with chief executive with chairman that is vital if that doesn't come off and, and I've, I've I've witnessed that with my own experience uh, some, some jobs that I've taken uh, you don't last particularly long this is great, trying to very quickly decipher these stats to see if they're genuine or not. I mean, I've, I couldn't possibly research them in time, so I'll just read them out and I assume that they are true. Ned Stewart says, Alvin Martin once scored a hat-trick for West Ham against Newcastle. Doesn't sound interesting, but uh-huh. each goal was against a different goalkeeper. Oh. I like that. Must have been some sort of injury Crisis. issue. Um, Pokemon card collector says, who missed the first penalty of the World Cup in USA 94? Diana <laughs> Oh, well. What about on internationals? Denmark were the only team to win the Euro Championships, but without qualifying. I would yeah. imagine so. Yeah, I played against Alvin Martin when he was. I thought you were going to say he played against Diana Ross. No, no, no. It was another night out. But, uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, Alvin Martin. Uh, I smashed the West Ham goalkeeper. And it was doing the rounds a couple of days ago, like and there was three West. There was a West Ham Millwall derby. As you know, it was a bit lively. And Alvin Martin's just about to grab me with the throat And I'm standing there like a wee boy going Please don't It was a man mountain big Alvin Why would Newcastle have two substitute goalkeepers on the bench? Well, I would, they I would imagine to, they get injured They maybe had to put an outfield player That's in as well, as well or something yeah. as Oh the, of the course time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Payton, I do like this one Dejan Stankovic represented three different countries at the World Cup Oof. 
Yugoslavia it's got to be something to do yeah. with Yugoslavia yeah, Serbia, Serbia and Montenegro, Montenegro. Montenegro. Or, or yeah something like that yeah shows what a player he was yeah. oh, playing and, and dragging these teams to the World Cups <laughs> oh right if this is true how's this for longevity between the, the three of them Sugar Douglas says between Jean-Luigi Buffon Peter Shelton and Stanley Matthews they've made at least one first team appearance every season since 1931 well, I'm, I'm, I'm going for that Hugh the, yeah. the longevity of these guys yeah because Stanley Matthews was nearly 50 still playing yeah or he, he played well into the 50s as well so when Buffon's debut would have been what sort of mid 90s so yeah. would Shelton have made an appearance for someone in the mid 90s oh he yeah. played with Derby yeah. Yeah. Peter Shelton, yeah, played. I scored no. against him. There we go. Did you? I scored oh, a 30 yard on the left peg. Oh, to be fair, it was 84 at the time. 84 at the time, I was going to say. There we go. TJ Scott, Aberdeen have a 100% record against Real Madrid and Dundee United, a 100% record Barca. against Barcelona. Barcelona. Yes. Yeah. There we go. I knew this would take off. Roger Hanna and Andrew McLean, hopeless oh, compared on, to these boys. guys. Hopeless. There we go. The Christmas night out is going to be fascinating. Oh, when yeah, all this COVID, we'll be sleeping by. Yeah. Yeah. No, they'll be at a different table, and we'll all just be watching them. I tell you what, it's fifty in love after today's introduction. I fancy it. Roger can. I mean, uppercut. If this mm. keeps up, they'll be in a different restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, keep your answers coming into that teaser. Still no goals to tell you about, I'm afraid, in any of our featured matches. I did suspect it would be uh, a little bit quieter today. You have to say, again, Hibbs just about to put an in-swinging corner by Martin Boyle. But it's poor, cleared away at the first post. Hibbs had a funny one, how, you know, Martin Boyle, no doubt, should be in the team. Doige, in and out. But Nesbitt, since January, <sighs> and been linked to, was at Birmingham, Birmingham for yep. £3 million. Pounds. He's come in, was at one or two games he's played, not quite hit the heights as he did in the start of the season. Will Hibbs come to rue that next year, or will he come back refreshed? If, I just think he was he was a quality striker. He, we were earmarking him for maybe being around that group Scotland, of strikers yeah. who may get taken away um, the at the Euros if he kept up his form, and now he's out the picture. See, the thing is, if it's three million quid, Willow, when you're looking, you sign a guy, I don't know, four or five months earlier than that, and you're thinking, what an uplift that is. I'm, I'm surprised that they knocked that money back. Yeah, especially at the start of the season, Hugh. If we remember, we, we had the discussions where Hibs were taking wage cuts, yeah. and Nesbitt was brought in uh, for money. And we had the discussion on here How would you feel as a player Taking a wage cut Yet the club are You know Splashing out Splashing yeah. out But if you're getting Three million quid mm. back From then They may come to ruin that Yeah Q- QOS have scored Mark QOS <laughs> My favourite team Yeah Yeah Dapo Mabudi on loan from Rangers One of the yes. The Covid 5 essentially Who will p- Potentially be facing a, a domestic ban He's scored uh, for Queen of the South to go one up God, against Alloa. God, I watched Queen of the South earlier in the campaign, one of the Friday night games, and honestly, I thought Alan, my old pal Alan Johnson, they're thought, absolutely flying, aren't they? But we'll have to be honest with you, though, Gordon. See, earlier on, I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's right in for yep. a long, hard season, and then it just totally changed for him. He's got a lot of legs in the team. Maybe they've been one of them, and uh, you have see, to say, uh, if, see if you got them into the playoffs, what a job that see, would be. See, at the start of the season, you're totally right, Alex, because start of the season, obviously, I was at breaking and oh, had some dialogue. as well. No, no, had some dialogue about getting players in here, there, and everywhere. And you're, at that level, you're, you're probably dealing in the same group of players, you know, and Queen of the South to breaking. You'd expect Queen of the South to be paying much more. They're two divisions above. Yep. That wasn't the case. There was rumours coming out that they were. Asking players to take cuts The players were on less Than some of the players In League 2 yep. And Alex is right The job he's done there Has been mm. terrific this year 
And of course, um, George Galloway made it along for a game. <laughs> yeah. Duke as well. Just one of those mad incidents uh, in Scottish football. They're going for a fifth consecutive win today. Martin. Um, Queen of the South. Oh, sorry. I thought it was oh, We do good. have a goal in the Premiership this afternoon. Goal flashes. With top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. Livingston 1, Hamilton 0, and it is the Jet. J. Emmanuel oh. Thomas oh, blasts it high into the back of the net, and it's Livy 1, Hamilton 0. He's flying. <laughs> yeah, they say. Good. It's a good start for them because they're such a poor run at the moment. Might settle them down a little bit. Yeah, Although, I can't believe how bad they've been. I, I touched on it against Rangers, and. It, you know that that might be slightly harsh, but I just thought they were playing like a team with absolutely no belief. The cup final obviously takes a bit out of you, but um, David Martindale could certainly be doing with a, a positive result just to consolidate that top six finish. But remember, even Rangers took a one goal lead against the Ackies, and the Ackies came back and got a draw. So never discount them. Need to be mental to write off the Ackies <laughs> time and time again. They just surprise everyone Well it's not How can it be a surprise If they keep doing it But oh. there's still something Slightly surprising now, about you, it You look at the Ackies And you think Not a chance But somehow You know Hardly full of household names But they just They, they have some belief in themselves <laughs> Some of these stats Are making me laugh now Because And I, I, I hope this would happen I didn't want it to be serious This is Saturday afternoon On Clyde One Super Scoreboard During lockdown We're meant oh. to be having a bit of fun um, but I've just got no idea John says John McIlvany You can fit 643 elephants On the playing surface <laughs> at Hamden And he's putting brackets All adults Just to distinguish That he doesn't mean baby elephants yeah. um, But at Fir Park You can only get 641 That's got to be Absolute <laughs> nonsense And um, this one Potentially Nonsense I'm not sure I don't know how you Would even begin to Think about this Fire Says Swindon Town Are the only Professional club in England Whose name doesn't include A letter from the word Mackerel <laughs> <laughs> oh, Too much time These hands I'm, I'm giving Fire The benefit of the doubt Because he called Swindon A top flight club which, which they're not But I guess he means In the sort of You know the four divisions Yeah the only club Someone out there Is going to have to Go I through it all I can see loads of people Jotting down macro, macro. And then going through All the clubs <laughs> Trying to catch this guy out Honestly mm. What have we started Are you what saying macro As in fish or? Yeah like the fish Yeah Or macro I was just saying Is there another Macro Type <laughs> No I thought You could be I thought Was it macro Or macro Like the is cash it? and carry Yeah Macro <laughs> What is happening this show <laughs> Seriously Oh my goodness Right okay We're back to the football If we can There's not a lot happening Which no. might is, is quite telling Livy have taken the lead Though the Jet uh, Has scored against Hamilton Ackies uh, And we're goalless elsewhere Ross County Hibs And in our featured Championship matches um, Our one Non-featured Championship match I think would be the one With the goal Queen of the South <laughs> Yes um, But they are absolutely Flying at the moment Our Queen of the South um, Livy They could be doing With a win They've not won In their last six games Five defeats in that time But the Jet does have them In front today and uh, Ross County Hibs It's uh, one of John Hughes's Outstanding early results Was at Easter Road Wasn't it? Went yes And won 2-0 They've topped that by, by beating Celtic You would have to say But um, Jack Ross will know Fine well What Ross yeah. County are capable of Gordon the, the recent form's been good Three wins in the last five games For um, You know uh, Ross County It's impressive Because when you look at it They couldn't buy a win earlier on uh, And it's just a bit galvanising them uh, I quite like John Hughes I like the way he kind of delivers his sell as well He's always upbeat uh, and he's trying to promote a good brand of football right. as well We're going to have to do some wrong answers on the teaser And help you along Nudge you in the right direction Because 20 minutes into the 
the question We've got no correct answers Hugh Keevans Oh well I'll read um, the question again Yeah please do Since season 2016-2017 And including this season Seven players have scored Six or more Scottish top flight League goals In one calendar month Who are they? Right, Grant Munn has got a few of them right But he's also gone for Alfredo Morelos Not there He's gone for Louis Moult Not there Okay, he's got another couple of not too bad. Chris Riordan's gone. Billy Mackay. No. Adam Rooney. No. I'm 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 quite encouraged though by the standard in the sense that most people are kind of al- along the right lines. I'm seeing a lot of familiar names. Murray Leckie, and you can see why he's thinking it. James Tavernier. Mm, I mean, you, you would think, but he's not on the list. They are all attackers, right? He, uh, I'll nudge you a little bit more. Out of the seven, six are out and out strikers, and one is a sort of winger attacker type. So there are no um, James Taverniers in there. Um, Jack Morrison wants to know if James Forrest is one. No, he's not. And what else have we got? Yeah, I can. Um, FM Dafty says Anthony Stokes. No, Stokes, he's not there. Right, okay, keep your answers coming in, please. I might give some more clues. As the afternoon progresses Because we don't yet have one tweet With all seven players on that So let's see what we can do Alex Ray's shown Honestly You write like <laughs> You write like my GP Right, try that again let's Right, see. okay I, I think I've got one or two Possums um, Oh, you've got more than that I would say Curtis Main is not there all You right, can take okay. him out Curtis right, Main like Curtis, six, six, six goals in one month I don't I, think I, so I, I'm I sorry I thought it was a season We were talking about Curtis I did have to laugh at Super Scoreboard that when Andy Halliday was on with Scott Allen on Thursday and they were writing down the quiz answers even to be schoolboys. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, penalty them firm, Lynn. Ooh. Craig Whiten steps up and it's saved. Whoa. So Gus McPherson in his first game in charge of Morton. Stephen McGinn in there as well. It stays goalless. Them firm nil, Morton nil. Craig Whiten missing from the spot. Mm. Yeah, so an uh, interesting appointment yeah. uh, when you look at the the connection with uh, St Mirren. So, um, you know, you've got Andy there as well. You've got Stephen McGinn there as well now. So good luck to them. Uh, the rebound came back to Craig White and then he then hit the bar. Oh, so oh my word. Not having a, a great time of it. There are two players, no, two people involved in that match who have taken Lord Lift home. <laughs> Is that your stat? Yeah. You adding that to the mix? I think we can definitely do... Uh, do better than that do, do you know the interesting stat How many lifts have you had Over the years Individuals it Must be getting oh, any hundreds Sugar Oh yeah At least oh, At least yeah. you're, you're right Yeah At least I must say um, Bob Campbell Says Jermaine Pennant Is the only English player To feature in a Champions League final But never win an international cap oh. Is it true? That's Who a knows? good start yeah. I'm taking it I'm accepting it You lot could send good, me anything it? right now yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll believe it did he, al- did he also play with a, a tag on his... Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, that's not it, a great stat, though, is it? it well, he must <laughs> be the only player. Is, um, <laughs> is he the only player? Or has there been a couple? Is there? He's the only did, one yeah, happier. Did he play with a tag, did he? Yes. Yeah, I think midweek games and stuff became a real yeah, d- it's <laughs> problem. <laughs> 7 o'clock curfew. No, I don't know. Paul McGowan, listen, I was at Celtic with Paul McGowan. Good and, uh, oh, very good player, but... Um, temper... Questionable And that's off the pitch When something Or somebody wound him up mm. um, But good player yeah, Did go the wee man syndrome? No he's a wee grumpy man <laughs> uh, Aloha have equalised though Against oh, the championship's wow. Informed side Innes Murray Has levelled things up So Queen of the South 1 Aloha 1
Yeah, you wonder for Alwa if it's mm. if it's the season they eventually go down. They've been, uh, you know, fighting their corner very well for years in that league. And big gap, well, there yeah. is a big gap as the teams, you know, from the Premiership come down and, and bigger in stature like Hearts and. You know, the gaps seem to grow. You know, Dunfermline much better. Queen of the South on a run. Dundee are always going to be in the mix. I have found it hard to keep up with these teams and I just think it might be their year. Yeah, seven points of a gap so far at the start of play today. Andy Halliday's got the bit between his teeth, goal-scoring-wise. Header last week, yeah. he's just had one saved, cut back from the edge of the box. He obviously wants to get a few more goals just so that he can come in here and brag about <laughs> it. Um, but needs to do, do better than that. On a serious note, Hugh, it was good to hear... Um, Scott Allen in, yeah. in the studio the other night Obviously had A really worrying time for him And listening And by the mm. way If you missed it Go and check it out on the podcast Opened up and talking about You know A tearful phone call to his mum When he yeah. found out that He had a heart condition That essentially was going to mean No more professional football for him Months of anguish And getting sent to do scouting reports On his best pal Andy Halliday for, yeah. f- By Jack Ross And then eventually Getting the second uh, opinion Which sees him back involved Yeah And to have the kind of heart trouble uh, that tragically took Phil O'Donnell uh, for a young man to have to contend with that uh, and you know in this football world of ours people wonder why is he not playing why is he not playing and then rumours start and rumours get bigger and bigger uh, so it was fascinating listening to him and how he coped with all of that and he spoke very well and I mean, it shows tremendous courage to get back onto the park and, and believe that you are now feeling better than you've ever done in your life before. So we can only wish him every success in the world. Yeah, it was quite a story talking about taking his young boy to football training and having to almost lie or, or keep things from him when other, other parents were saying, what's happening? Have you chucked it? Are you not playing anymore? And um, So yeah, really worth going back and listening to on the podcast. You can ignore me and Mark Weedy and Andy Halliday all you want, but you know, listen to Scott Allen. It was a really, a really powerful story. Good to see him back. Um, right on Twitter... On these stats Bert says Latan Played for six clubs That have won the Champions League But he's never actually Won the trophy himself Oh that's a good yeah, one that, yeah. Happy with that one I think I might have heard that before He's won a few league titles though, hasn't Yeah he's, he's done the, okay The 1987 Scottish Cup final Was the last Scottish Cup final Where all players yes. And staff were Scottish I like have that, that Alex huh? Mid- Dundee United Yes Yeah The people's final They called it Yeah that's what newspapers I, I, call up in Celtic and Rangers. Not, no, 100%. Sorry, no, sorry, my, my job is done. I'm looking at his face here. Hugh. He's, he's no plot to himself. My job is done for today. <laughs> it was a terrible final. Is that right? Uh, Ian Ferguson got the only goal of the game. Uh, and the St Mirren crowd were fantastic. Paul uh, Lambert playing for St Mirren that day? Yes. I believe yeah. he was. Norrie yeah. McWater. Is it McWater or was that his name? Norrie? Um, Billy Abercrombie. Kev I N says that Hugh Keevans is the only Clyde One pundit to have worked during all three nine in a rows in Scotland. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that is absolutely right. There is no doubt about that. That's a good one. That. Um, Oh right, hold on a minute. Are these? Big Sid is one of my favourites so far. If these are. Go on, Sid. Oh no, he's got it wrong. Straight away, (laughs) someone's replied to him and said, "No, that's not right." And he went, "Yeah, fair enough, my bad." Let's hear it anyway. Sounded so good. He said the the last four keepers to get beat in a World Cup final were all playing for Monaco at the time. And uh, Rangers Analytica replied and said that Barthez and Stecklenburg played for Monaco, but were not at Monaco at the time. And he's just wrote, "My bad." (laughs) So there we go. Straight out the window already. 
He's probably the only guy that's actually had a start uh, battered away today. You know the thing is, though, Big Sid is now he's on with like five other stats. How am I supposed to? Um, how am I supposed to believe him? I thought Hibbs had scored there. Is there a flag up? What? Yeah, it's offside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin Boyle just straight offside. Gordon finished it well. To be fair, it looks as if he's a good couple of yards. Well, it's a poor run actually. He doesn't delay it long enough. Yeah, but it's. Another warning sign uh, for Ross County. They're trying to play a, a deeper line, and so they should against this guy's pace. I've, I've said before in the show, I played against him just in my last few years uh, when he was at Hibs. I was playing for Dumbarton. A nightmare to play against, but he hadn't quite learned the, the, the side craft. of the game to, to use it. He's certainly doing that now. I mean, TJ Scott, talk about speaking about a man behind his back TJ Scott says Gordon Diels had more wives than Man City appearances <laughs> couldn't possibly comment when he's not here to defend himself you know I got home possibly. after the show um, on Thursday night and uh, I'd seen you had responded to, to a tweet that came in about Gordon and someone had, had written a, a nice piece about his, his career uh, I don't think Gordon would have taken it kindly but I, I enjoyed it I gave it a little let me like. heart yeah, on the Twitter. Showed all the clubs he was at, but they put it in a. He's lying low um, today after the whole recycling centre debacle that we exposed oh. him for on Thursday. You know, one of these guys that throws something in the wrong bin at the oh, dump and then no causes guys, chaos. Well, it was an accident, and it, yeah, it got a bit heated. And you know, the staff there sometimes maybe a bit uh, um, overzealous. Yes, and uh, yeah, it just wasn't great the other day. So. We had to Didn't really kick off We just had to give him Some time to cool down get in trouble For throwing a back. hoover in the, <laughs> a hoover Put it in the wrong bin In the wood <laughs> Mark you, you, Did you ever Ever See Gordon Dale Play football Well the The 94 Cup final That's all I can remember him He, he showed me Well he showed us The overhead kick. I must admit He scored Hands last up week. Hats off Whatever phrase Sums it up best you know he's he's always bragging about his achievements. Yeah, yeah. He was in here last Sunday and he was talking about this overhead kick that he scored. Right, me, Mark Wilson, Andy Hall, they were going nonsense. <laughs> there is not a chance. You've probably fallen over backwards. And he was not. I'm telling you, I was up as high as the crossbar. We were slaughtering him for it. Various people sent me the video and it is yeah. an absolute well, peach. It is a, a peach. I cannot believe play. how high he jumped. Pains me to say God, it. Dale was a good player. I like how he was clearing that up Yeah Good goal scorer Good at beat the pundit as well Sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Well the United States of Arab Was just a wee A blip I don't know what's happening In the championship Our broth have now got a penalty And that's been saved By the Dundee goalkeeper So two penalties in the championship Both saved Is that your friend? The Dundee goalkeeper? I can't remember who was in goals today Is it Jack Hamilton? I can't remember who When Fraser gave us the teams I must admit I should Remember, no, it's not. No, oh. not today. I want Fraser to tell us at, at half time what did Dick Campbell say when the penalty was missed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, that's a real shame. Has he not mellowed a bit in his older no, age? No, 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 no. Hold on, we've got one of these. Goal flashes with top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. Levy won, Hamilton won. We wow. said it. You don't write off the Ackies and it's Callum Smith and it's been described to me in a way that I've not heard for a few years and I'm all for it. A daisy cutter. Oh, I, I love mean, it. it's on AstroTurf so I, d- does that... You know, is yes. it still, still a daisy cutter on AstroTurf? Uh, I'm absolutely. not sure. Um, but Callum Smith nevertheless has found the back of the net. I love that phrase. My, my dad used to say it all the time. You go, it's a daisy cutter and maybe like an inch off the off the top of the surface just going... Lovely. Don't write off the Aki's, Hugh. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I worked with a great man who used to put in his match reports. It was a mud cutter. It was too wet for daisies. <laughs> who was this, young? Big Doogie Bailey. Oh, what well, a man. The greatest man I ever came across in this lark. Funniest man. Here's a start in that fixture. Oh, hold the on. Last, the last Are three. Are you trying to throw your hat into the ring now? No, I'm just saying it's, it's current about that fixture. The away teams won the... The last three That's games. rubbish compared to ah, these well, other it's, ones It's current It's, it's been a month running right, but I, I, did, back. I did say I was looking for a Different categories here I want you know The best stat The most interesting The most obscure Also the kind of nonsense ones as well I mean Johnny says Kurt Broadfoot has played in a UEFA Cup final And Lionel Messi has not I, Yeah <laughs> well, Fair enough but Because Lionel's always in the Champions League exactly. I think that's the point I think that's the point There we go I can um, see the similarities with the two of them as well <laughs> Both get two legs yeah. People are now tweeting me DL's overhead kick again And it is magnificent Yeah, yeah It really is uh, Peter in Glasgow says Henrik Larsson's first and last goal at Celtic Park Were both against Celtic But the bit in the middle was okay, he says <laughs> First goal against Celtic First goal against So his first goal at Celtic His first and, la- first and last goal at Celtic Park Were against Celtic The last one would have been Because he came back yeah, to Barcelona, yeah um, Who the, the first, first one, one be? Who did it come from? Uh, Feyenoord Who's this? Henrik Larsson Yes, it was one of the Dutch teams I think it was Feyenoord, Feyenoord. Yeah. No, but yeah. Did he score at did Celtic? Did he score at Celtic Park? Ah, Peter's oh, not going to have that would be Peter would have that long, surely yeah. I've, I've got a wee start for you here oh. the, the only player ever to sign for a club in cup final day um, Come on, Shug, you know him You know his father as well Oh, He signed for St Mirren Ah, Henrik Larsson's first goal was an own goal Ah, ah there we go that ah, explains it. That truck up. one, right? Okay, Andrew McLean. Sam uh, Callahan, Tam young Callahan. TC, signed for the uh, St. Cup final day, won the cup, and then get released two weeks later. Are we sure that's the only <laughs> time that's ever happened, though? Well, be quite a tough to Tam Callahan is. <laughs> Derek Riordan scored, uh, signed for Celtic on English Cup final day because I was sitting watching Liverpool play West Ham in the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, and somebody texted me to say that Derek Riordan is signed for Celtic. That's the worst start of the day. We found it. It only took 35 <laughs> minutes, and we have we have hit rock bottom. <laughs> the only way is up. Yeah. From here, right, still Ross County nil, Hibs nil. The visitors, are they still looking the most likely? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, posing the biggest threat, Gordon. I have to say, I've been disappointed with Ross County, but again, you have to credit um, Hibs, very much on the front foot at the moment. If you're a Hibs fan, though, you, you don't really know what you're getting. I, I think right. there was a stage in the season where you thought, yeah, Jack Ross has got a great squad, everybody knows their job now, and we're going the right direction, but then. It reverts back to normal They have a blip Where they go on uh, A couple of games losing Where you never think They'll lose And I wonder If Jack Ross Take into account The semi-final defeat And then a, another couple Of unlikely defeats yeah. Have that done yeah. him out Of being in the running For the Celtic job Because he, he was Touted Seriously you know, well Listen Alex He was touted As a young Progressive yeah. coach That Brendan Rodgers Gave him a glowing report And he's well liked Within the club I wonder If Things had went a wee bit Different this season If he may have been A front runner I don't think he is now Hugh remind us of the teaser Please Because there's Still no one Who's got all seven Since season 2016-2017 and including this season, seven players have scored six or more Scottish top flight league goals in one calendar month. Name them. Lee Griffiths is not one. Loads of people are saying Lee Griffiths. He is not one. 
And I'll remind you some of the other clues They are all out and out strikers Bar one who was a prolific goal scoring winger Oh, all day long I've got it I don't I've mind you it. suggesting it Because I need to help people along You can you can say this one You've got my permission oh, Sinclair Yes Oh, it's Toffee right, yeah, so well he's, he's the winger And the rest are all out and out strikers What was the, the question last night That you gave us Gordon uh, oh <laughs> For Jim Duffy and me The... But, Beat the pundit question. Uh, the uh, full-time teaser question. I'm ashamed to say I cannot. <laughs> one of remember. the answers. One of the answers was Kane Hemmings. Oh yeah, Englishman who've been the second top scorer in the Premiership or something. And like he's that. now 34 minutes in. Kane Hemmings has scored a hat trick so for Burton Albion against Crew. 34 minutes. Was there a what, see that question for last night? I know we're going to be a fair, but was, was one of them a scouser who wound up a wee bit worse for wear? No, no he was top scorer. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, nah, yes. it wasn't him. <laughs> uh, like no more questions because we're we're asking enough of people I think with the uh, with the stats and also um, the teaser. JC says since 1982 at least one Bayern player has been in the starting lineup in every World Cup final. Wow, that's like that. that. Yeah. Here we go. Goal flashes with top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. Livingston have taken the lead again Livy 2 Hamilton 1 It seemed to have hit off Lee Hodgson so Perhaps an own goal Kind of rolled over the line uh, And Livy Are now back in front Livy 2 Hamilton Aki's 1 well, well, I don't think that one's done I think that one may Seesaw hmm. back and forth All afternoon Scott yeah. Pittman's nipped in I think on the line If you're on oh, a goal bonus in? You're doing yeah. that aren't you but regardless of the bonus I'm tapping that anyway I was a glory hunter <laughs> Yeah Scott Pittman's got, I think got the final touch So Livy back in front I remember doing that to a boy called Jamie uh, Morale. We signed him for about 400 grand and he was having a tough time, Willow, you know, when he break into the team. And he smashed it across and it was just fucked. It was going into the back post and I've nipped in and tapped it in. And as I was running away celebrating, he went, please, geez. I was like, aye, right. <laughs> <laughs> I get the bragging rights and so on. I do get that. But see, these players are on goal bonuses. Never get a bit greedy. A bit tetchy. You know, if someone nicked one off them. I've got to be honest I didn't know too many players That were on a No is, a it, is, that, is that not that common no. I don't think they would share it That's the thing Gordon I don't think strikers Would would openly share But I, I certainly think That would have been the case Especially mm. with at the bigger club Celtic Where you're brought in For huge sums of money And you're expected To score 25 goals a season The agents that these guys Have got nowadays That would have been One of the first things In their contract So I think that would have happened But I, they didn't really share it In the dressing room So no goal bonus For right backs No <laughs> Bonus. I was lucky you to get, get an seven, appearance bonus. Just hang on in there and hope that eventually you get to play in a testimonial that gets you a nice shiny Omega watch and you can get it stolen off you from a magician. <laughs> I in Ibiza years said, later. Well, the, the uh, testimonial shortly after where I got the TV, that's, I've still got that. Seriously? So, not too bad, yeah. Who you gave still you the TV? Alan Shearer. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you played in Roy Keane's testimonial, he gave you a watch, yeah. it got stolen by a fake magician in Ibiza, but you've also got a TV that Alan Shearer gave yeah, you for playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But was it with Taekwondo size? It was an LG, aye, oh. a 32 incher. Aye, there you go. Aye. Aye, so we played I went down in Manchester. <laughs> 32. Listen, I thought I've made it here. 32 inches? What's that? Is that? About th- tiny. Back in the day, back in the day. Back in 2006 I think I that was I one in my car 2006 And uh, yeah We'd got the shout to go And play in Roy Keane's testimonial And I was a double dunter A few days later Playing Roy Keane's testimonial In front of what 70,000 Bus up to Newcastle What about the atmosphere Game of golf, golf. Uh, did you play at, uh, What did you play up there? Where? A golf, the golf day yeah. oh, I don't know I can't remember Hexham um, I don't know What's an LG? 
It's a, it's a brand of television oh. Life's good I think Is that what it stands for? Is that what it stands for? Does it? So, uh, that, so Played golf Next day um, Alan Shearer's testimonial There was Anton Deck Presenting to the crowd And Alan Shearer And all the big stars you went, did, you, did you say to Anton Deck Look You guys are on a good run But just wait to me And the Dazzler Come exactly. after me On a <laughs> Thursday night <laughs> But right, hold on I'm, I'm now struggling with this I believe you And I get a telly Aye, at the end of the day be, so Right, so I get the watches Because I've heard that before Quite common And, well, <laughs> watches are small So they can all be sitting there Perhaps on a table Or, or you're giving them uh, how, ma- how many tellies are there And, and what's the delivery mechanism oh, We just walked out With a TV under our arm Oh, and seriously no, I, I'm joking right, okay. I'm joking right. No, after the game we, Well, we, we disperse for the summer And they get sent these, to your the, house The watches and the TVs ah, right, Got okay. sent to Celtic Park So, before pre-season We got the call Come pick up your watch And your TV Because right, I did I, I did have visions of The squad of 22 <laughs> All around the TVs And not quite knowing How yeah. to put them On no. the bus yeah, right, there okay. you go. Well, what Great about uh, you, you played an R testimonial Down at Coventry, didn't you? <laughs> Tell us what you go for that Richard Shaw Slightly disappointing <laughs> nah, what, Once I heard about watches and TVs getting dished out I was expecting Oh, sky's oh. the limit here This guy's played This guy's played in Premier Hopefully, League yeah. for years I can't wait Bottle of, bottle of £40 champagne I thought, what a waste of time I'm not signing up to testimonials <laughs> <laughs> well, Was that the Gordon Strachan Coventry oh. connection? Is that- oh, I was, I, I listened to that It was brilliant So what was that? I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night Somebody may correct us and we, I think it was sandwiched in between league games or something, something along those lines. Anyway, we go down and Gordon, Gordon says in the dressing room, I think he got wind of some of the experienced players may have had the hump of travelling down to Coventry, and he says, <laughs> sat us down just before we're ready to go. Out. I know you might be upset that we're playing in this testimonial and we've travelled all the way down to Coventry. But I don't care He's my mate And he's a plane that Get yourselves in there <laughs> That was his motivation <laughs> That was his motivation And did he promise you You'll get a great gift at the end a And you got landed yeah. with a, a champagne. champagne I didn't even drink back in those days oh, Wasted <laughs> Making up for it now To be fair uh, Right Ross County nil Hibs nil Still nothing on the teaser Still no all correct I, I think we should start Giving some clues then Because I don't like it When the podium's completely empty I don't want it to be too difficult So we're looking for the seven players who've scored six or more top flight goals in Scotland in a single calendar month since 1617. I will give you Sam Cosgrove, Christian Doidge and Liam Boyce because the rest have all played at some stage for either Celtic or Rangers. So those guys, Doidge, Cosgrove and Boyce, have never you're looking for another four who at some stage have played for Celtic or Rangers and it's not Lee Griffith remember and we gave you Scott Sinclair in fact yes. we've pretty much given you them all now so um, let's see what we can come up with in the next couple of minutes um, that goal is going down as Scott Pittman's goal for Livingston I love it and it's just since we're on the topic of stats today I refer you to a gentleman on Twitter whose name is Callum Carson I don't want to steal your stat Callum um, he says that was Pittman's 15th top flight goal for Livy which means he's now tied with Derek Lilly and Burton O'Brien for the most top flight goals in Livingston's history oh, that's brilliant there we go that's I love a good that. player those two I played with Derek Lilly great guy great good player, player. yeah very good player Powerful. what about this one only two. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Only two Scottish players have won the Champions League. Paul Lambert, yeah, right. uh, and Andy Robertson. Oh, that's fake. Oh, that must have been. 
three. Only three. <laughs> That's the worst one. <laughs> Forgot about aye, Darren Fletcher's in there as well. Forgot about He didn't Andy. play in the final either, though, did he? Yeah. Ooh. Didn't he play in Moscow? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. No, no, no. No, he didn't. Was there not, well, he he keeping the it. suspension, didn't he? I may have, just got, I may have just got the tag of the worst yourself. start. That is there, the worst. So. There you go. That is Get. horrific. I know. Who is the only Celtic right back to have their Roy Keane testimonial watch stolen <laughs> by a fake magician? <laughs> There's not many out there. That's you. Right. Oh, he's redeemed himself. Not Mark Wilson. Goal flashes with top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. It's Craig Whiten. Missed the penalty. Missed the rebound, but he scored a close range header to put them firmly one up on Morton. Gus McPherson's first game in charge of Morton. Not getting off to the best start. Them Fairman are one up. Gus will come back. Gus will come back Craig Whiten's had a, a funny career When you You look at the clubs He's been at The promise he showed it When he was younger People <laughs> saying he was One of the best young players They'd dealt with yeah. um, Is that a good club John, just now? John, John Brown actually John said Brown that was 16 Right yeah. This is the type of thing That Gordon DL does right Where you're talking about a story That directly involves him But it somehow Goes over his head And he can't remember it Well you Hugh Evans, I'm about to deliver a line That I never thought I would You today are Gordon DL Oh Because you have just stood by And you've not Uttered a word As Mark Wilson told his story About Richard Shaw's testimonial Does it ring any bells? Roger Hannah's just texted me To say that you And him Covered Richard Shaw's testimonial You went back for drinks At the hotel bar And when you went to settle the bill A group of Celtic fans Had put all the booze On Hugh's room bill <laughs> Including right. a cocktail <laughs> Cue chaos He says Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you not remember that? No way. Uh, that, that, a guy attempted to attack me in the hotel that night as well. <laughs> well, that's less funny. Um, but the, but the, the bill's funny. Yeah, I, I, do you know that? It's all coming back to me now. He <laughs> tried to forget about it. What? <sighs> I, they that's, signed it all in my uh, that's, room number. That's funny. <laughs> That's quick thinking from the you, fan. You, you know, you go back years and years. Uh, the Rangers players used to go up to Glen Eagles, Willow, and yeah. uh, uh, Sunis and Walter says, "Guys, be responsible. We've got a big game at the weekend. You know, a couple of drinks on the room bill and things." So they get the sheet of paper to go through it, and they go Durant and Ferguson, three hundred pounds. The bum 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 all the way down. Bomber Brown golf, four hundred pounds, and the the kit man was Doddy. Eleven thousand pounds. <laughs> All the players have put it on the kit, man. Oh, <laughs> we we dodged his face went wild. It was more than a year's salary. Uh, right, half time. Dunfermline against Morton. Let's check in with Mark Weedy. Half time. Dunfermline one. Morton nil. And Craig Whiten is the story of the half. And the thirteenth, uh, the nineteenth minute. Uh, Dunfermline were given a penalty kick Scott Banks through he's brought down by the Morton goalkeeper Aidan McAdams and referee Stephen Kipling quite rightly pointed to the spot Craig Whiten took it McAdams saved it the rebound came back out to Whiten he's tried to dink it into the net but it came back off the crossbar and it was cleared to safety but in the 42nd minute he made up for that beautiful cross from the left hand side and there was Whiten 7 yards out a glancing header low down to Aidan McAdams left hand side to leave the the goalkeeper with no chance. The family certainly deserve to be in the lead for Gus McPherson. This is his debut as Morton manager and his side so far created just one chance. That was in the 13th minute. Cassian Sterling uh, had an opportunity. He tried to lob goalkeeper away in Fawn Williams but didn't connect cleanly with the ball and the chance was wasted. So Gus will be looking for better from his men in the second half. Half time at East End Park. The Fairland 1, Morton 0. It's also half time between Dundee and Arbroath. Fraser Wishart. 
Dundee nil, a broth nil, not much to talk about here. It's been a poor first 45 minutes. Dundee full of effort, but little quality in the final third. And a broth will be really happy with the first 45 minutes. Defended really well, but should have been ahead because they missed a penalty. Michael McKenna saw his spot get saved by Adam Legends. Dundee in most of the early possession. And they huffed and puffed without testing Derek Gaston. Passed the ball around well. Got into decent areas. But final ball, not finding a Dundee player in the box. In the 14th minute, the first effort, a goal of the game for either side. And it was McKenna who tested Legends with a low 20-yard shot. Bounced just in front of the goalkeeper awkwardly. And it was a decent save by the big goalkeeper. Then a low Paul McMullen cross evaded everyone. Almost kept in at the far post, held by Gaston. Then experienced uh, our both keeper had to be off his line very quickly to block as young Max Anderson dashed onto a loose ball inside the penalty. Box. But as we passed a half hour match, the Dundee's frustration began to show rather than passables did early in the game. They started playing long balls over the top, easily dealt with by the Abroth defence. In the 31 minutes, good play by Abroth. Scott Stewart on the right set up Jack Hamilton. His shot was deflected wide for a corner. And from that corner, Jason Thompson was fouled in the box by Fagan Walcott. And it was a penalty kick. Willie Collin pointed to the spot. And upstep McKenna. It was a really weak side footed effort to the goalkeeper's left. He had to give the keeper credit at a legend. He did save the penalty. Then left back for Dundee, Jordan Marshall tried his luck from 25 yards with his right foot easily saved by Gaston but that was a sign that Dundee were content to struggle to create anything and then just before the break Jason Cummings really anonymous through the first half got a half chance but he blasted over from 12 yards it was the first effort first real sniff at goal that the striker has had a game that desperately needs a goal looking for better in the second half half time at Dens Dundee nil are both nil huge game in the Premiership between Livy and Hamilton here's Andrew McLean Livingston 2, Hamilton 1, the half-time score at the Tony Macaroni Arena. A moment of magic from each side in this one, but it's a defensive calamity that has the hosts ahead at the break. The opener by J. Emmanuel Thomas, 15 minutes in as a goal you'll want to see. Nicky Devlin started out on the right-hand side, a nice 1-2 with Marvin Bartley before finding Emmanuel Thomas, who flicked the ball up and on the turn fired into the top corner. An excellent finish from him, his fifth goal for the club this season. Hamilton got their reply through a great strike from Callum Smith half an hour in. He cut in from the left-hand side around 25 yards out and he smashed it low into the bottom corner for the equaliser. Two bits of brilliance then followed by a defensive calamity for the third goal of the game. A cross came in from the right-hand side for Livingston and Lee Hodson just couldn't sort his body out. It, the ball then hit off him. It was bouncing towards goal and it set it up really perfectly for Scott Pittman who was just a couple of yards out to fire over the line and put Livingston back in front. Almost an equaliser right before half-time. Bruce Anderson in a similar area from the Callum Smith uh, chance. His shot was low but deflected just wide. But as it stands, Livingston have sealed their place in the top six. But you wouldn't bet against there being more goals in this one in the second half. The half-time score at the Tony Macaroni Arena is Livingston 2, Hamilton 1. We will bring you the half-time report from Ross County very soon. Have we spoken to Roger Hanna yet? I don't think we have. Hearts against air. Roger Hanna. Yeah, Hearts nil, United nil at the break. Decent first half here at Tencastle. Hearts, as you would expect, as a home team, Gordon have had a lot of the ball. They've had their chances, but Air United, boss for the first time by David Hopkins, have carried a threat. Maybe no more so than after just six minutes. It broke forward. The ball was moved from right to left. Patrick Redding, Scotland under 21, cap up from left back and blazed a shot across the face of goal. Craig Gordon scrambling, but it just went to the wrong side of the post for the visitors. Hearts gradually built up ahead of Stephen. They piled on some pressure. Decent chance after 21 minutes, Andy Halliday having a shot pushed out by head goalkeeper Vujami Sirisalo it was then a chance for Armand Juile there was a chance for Michael Smith as well in a goal mouth dramash but somehow Air United managed to clear their lines, they had a chance again after 29 minutes 
Tom Walsh is header held by Gordon from Jordan Houston's cross from the right. Hearts were back in the front foot a couple of minutes later. Nanjuli racing onto a pass from Andy Irving, but his angled shot was pushed away by Sinny Salah with the expense of a corner. That corner was delivered to the back post. Craig Halkett got up above all the air defenders, but he just couldn't guide his header on target. Hearts again pushing for the breakthrough. 38 minutes. Halliday, a glancing header again after decent work by Irving and a chipped cross, easily held by the finish on loan goalkeeper Sinny Salah. But then just before the break, probably as good a chance as you'll see in the first half air breaking the ball moved to Luke McCowan in the corner of the box he worked it onto his left foot a curling shot from 20 yards it took a deflection it looked to have gotten worried but it just flew past at the junction of Post and Barber still looking for a breakthrough Hearts nil United nil and it's half time between Ross County and Hibs here's Dave Galloway half time Ross County nil Hibs nil the visitors with a dominant first half display they should have opened the scoring in the first few minutes Yakoviti with a poor back pass Boyle pounced on it and cut the ball back for Cadden, but he shot over the bar when a goal seemed certain. Doig sent in a great ball from the left-hand side. It flashed right across the goal mouth, but found no takers. And Doig wasn't far away with a curler from long range that went over. For all the pressure and possession, though, from the high bees, county keeper Laidlaw hasn't really had much to do. He did make a very good early save from Doidge's header after a corner, but the ref had already blown for a free kick. County battling very hard indeed, as you would expect, to contain Hibs. They've defended resolutely, but created very little going forward. However, with the game goalless, everything is finely balanced. It's Ross County nil, Hibs nil. Give you a full roundup of the halftime scores and we'll announce the winner of the first half teaser next. Scottish football's lead leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Halftime scores in the Scottish Premiership Livingston 2, Hamilton Ackies 1, Ross County 0, Hibs 0 in the Championship, Queen of the South 2, Alloa 2, Dundee 0, Arbroath 0, Hearts 0, Air United 0, and Dunfermline 1. Morton nil in the English Premier League this afternoon. Full-time score leads nil, Chelsea nil, and at half-time Crystal Palace one, West Brom nil. I will do the answers to the teaser as well, Hugh Keevens, if you are ready and maybe not interrupting uh, your half-time snack. Are you ready? Let's do it. The first half teaser with Sunday's Scottish Sun. Free goals, pull out plus Davy Province, Frank and Fearless Column. The question was, since season 2016-2017 and including this season, seven players have scored six or more Scottish top flight league goals in one calendar month. They are Odson Edward, Christian Doidge, Sam Cosgrove, Chris Boyd, Musa Dembele, Scott Sinclair and Liam Boyce. There we go, that was a tough one. It took a bit of um, toing and throwing. We gave you some clues, but we got there in the end Thank you so much To everyone who took part Ethan was the third fastest Well done Ethan Sideshow Bob In second place But the winner Of that first half teaser Was Michael Smith Good on you Michael I'll give you A second half teaser We will get the games Back underway And an important message Coming out of Rangers This afternoon I'll tell you all about that Next The team With the biggest support In Glasgow and the West This Is Clyde One Super Scoreboard